Welcome to Nameless Debate Radio, where radioactivity is contagious. You can join us in broadening our minds on the Nameless Debates Discord via the link below, and even feature here yourself, if you've got what it takes. One of Albert Einstein's greatest quotes is this. There are two things that I know to be infinite, the universe and human stupidity. But I'm not <laughs> sure about the first one. Yeah. Some people don't like, think the universe is infinite and then it comes to a stop. No. Um, yeah, but what's the second one? Uh, human stupidity. There's no limit. Um, yeah, I'd say that's true. The existence of... Yeah. Of well, just like stupidity can be completely infinite. Yeah, but on an individual basis. Yes, that's true. However, I'd like to say that I think Nikola Tesla is way smarter than Albert Einstein. I know that's like side topic. But. Yeah, whatever. I like I don't know that much about about either of their fields of work, so I can't make a comment. You gotta look into Tesla, man. We wouldn't have anything without that man. We wouldn't have cell phones. We wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't say we wouldn't have it, but it would have taken way longer. Our progression in technology would have would have been stunted heavily. He created alternating current, which is like what everything, all the power and electricity in the entire globe right now runs off alternating current. Every time you plug something into a wall. Wow. Yeah. And also radio waves, I believe, which is where they got the idea to create cell towers and stuff like that. Wow. Yeah, Nikola Tesla's the man, dude. It's not talked about enough. Oh, there are people throughout history that aren't talked about enough. True. Yeah. Like, I feel like we're starting to really forget the events that really make up our history, especially when you look at the modern day. Yeah. Yeah. Like, people, like, like we're starting to cut out a lot of things from our curriculums. Hell, there are even some people who want things like the Holocaust not be taught, to not be taught in curriculums. It's fucking horrible. Not ask. You cut out. Is your uh, mic working, or...? I heard the hello. What about? Oh, okay. Yeah, seems good enough now. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, okay. So, like, how much can you fit into a curriculum? I don't think you should take out the Holocaust. But, no. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. I mean, like, mass genocides that are not in the curriculums. It's like, how many can you fit? Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, one argument that I've heard, and I agree with this, is that. Um, Let's see, that the gulags actually killed more than the uh, in concentration camps, and that. One sec. Oh, man. I can't. Let me look it up. You said the okay, gulags, and who exactly is that? Yeah. Sorry? Who are the gulags? The gulags are the uh, forced labor camps that Stalin. Uh, like that he built. Oh, yeah. 
Those. I've heard I, a lot about that. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure no one he's attacking is going to try and defend that. Yeah, no. No, it is. no, okay, if you defend anything like the gulags or the concentration camp, I will straight I will straight up call you either a maniac if you're defending the gulags or a racist if you defend the concentration camps. I don't care if you defend it, you're either a racist or you're an idiot. Just um just as a useful uh label, the ones that are defending the gulags are usually what are referred to as tankies. Stalin apologists. Okay, well those um, exist um, in a group. Yeah, obviously. Um, yeah, of course, I mean, there are gonna be people who apologize. Of course, there be on on the far left. There's action. a bunch of there's there's a bunch of um commies who and, and kind comms. of go for that. Well, no, no, like and and comms aren't tankies, but there are a bunch of commies that, like authoritarian commies would are tankies generally, and they're very apologetic for um uh, the Soviet state, I guess, and Mao yeah. and other people. Okay. Yeah. Now may I ask you something? What does NCOM stand for? Anarcho communism. Yes. Yeah, I feel like that's just. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I know. I know the terms. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. Anyway, I'm not one myself. I actually wanted to say something on that because you were talking about you know Stalin. Um, do you, do you, are you familiar with the Bolsheviks as well? Is that is yes. that like the Gulags? Are they the same thing or? Wait. The what do you mean? The Bolsheviks in Russia? Yeah, I know of the Bolsheviks in Russia. Um, so are you familiar with like how many people they killed as well? Um, I'm actually not familiar with how many people the Bolsheviks killed. No. Oh, wait, oh, wait, no, no, like, oh, I thought you meant the people that the Bolsheviks fought against. No, um, it's estimated roughly, ooh, bloody hell, 20 to 50 million? But we don't actually have the exact numbers. Yeah. Like they killed, well, like they killed at least six million with the um, with the like forced uh, like, what's the word? The f- let's uh, you know I won't try to sound elegant. The forced taking of um crops. Yeah. And, yeah. And can I say so? This is something. Uh, this is this isn't like an arguing point or anything like that. This is just something interesting since we're talking about this. Uh, my great grandma who migrated to the United States. Um, <clears throat> she came from Russia. And uh, in Russia, she was in a big family, you know, uh, six brothers and sisters. And uh, their family owned the most land out of any family in the entire country of Russia. Uh, the Bolsheviks marched in there, took the land, slaughtered my grandma's entire family, Somehow, she managed to make it out alive, got onto a boat where a bunch of escapees also made it to, and then she ended up in, I don't remember what other country, eventually she made it to America. But yeah, I just, it's like something that I'm personally affected by is the Bolsheviks. They, uh, yeah, they stole everything from my family. Well, main thing was like it was a gigantic revolution, and there were reasons for the revolution. And yeah, like I'm not going to defend like them slaughtering your grandmother's entire family and stealing the yeah. largest amount. Yeah. Of- okay, but like yeah. you can point to individual examples of like there were several basically separate groups operating within like the Russian Revolution, right? And so we can point to individual examples of basically every group committing atrocities. But I believe the point he was trying to make is that like. It, it that revolution was basically inevitability. I mean, 
when you weren't able to do like what England did, where they kind of like peacefully and slowly reformed into a um, parliamentary system, um, you were going to have slow, a revolution. The slow reform wasn't even a factor. It was the fact that the government were were literally abusing hundreds of millions of people. No, I I get that. That's my point. Like, yeah, it, okay. it was right, sorry. it was an abusive. It was an abusive fucking monarchistic autocratic state. Like okay, the people were going to revolt. And, but if you can point to almost every revolution in history, bar a few examples and the atrocities occur, it creates power vacuums and the people's lives afterward are generally even worse, despite what preceding them being so horrible. Yeah. Revolutions yeah. don't work well. Yeah. I mean, the French revolutions. No, what the, the French Revolution led to? What? Who? Who got in power after the French Revolution? That is actually completely fair. Yeah, like literally, the greatest dictator. Yeah, actually, history was yeah. Napoleon. Until we actually got to World War Two, no one did what Napoleon did. So we had to wait until we had. Like Hitler was literally the worst person until Napoleon <laughs> in Europe. Yeah. Sorry, Napoleon. What? Yeah. So like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Directly we... out of the French Revolution. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. No, Actually, let me, everyone... let me look up the huge amount of... Let me look up every revolution, major revolution in history. The, the only good one, the, only, the best example is actually America. However, that was a bit of a different revolution because they didn't actually topple the government. They threw off a government. And so it was a war of like... It was a war for their own independence as opposed to trying to change and dismantle a governmental system. And those kind of revolutions are usually more successful because um, yeah, they didn't actually... Because England still exists and America exists, so they, so they did not create a power vacuum, and they stepped immediately into. So there was no. It was a very smooth transition. So there was like no power vacuum system there, with the American Revolution or War of Independence. Yeah, I think that's a. Well, and, and well, actually, I have a point to make about that. I don't think that you yeah. can say that there was a power vacuum when it comes to um, the, the like. Uh, Bolshevik Revolution in Soviet Russia, because here's the thing: the power vacuum wasn't created until after Lenin died. And the, and the thing is, people were happy with the revolution until Lenin died, and then Stalin no, garnered into power. Agree. Yeah, it it doesn't. Not every revolution creates a power vacuum, but a bunch of them. Okay, do. all right. Sorry, I thought I thought you were referen I thought you were referencing that, and it's my fault. No, no, I was. I think um, yeah. Do you think the French Revolution created like a? Or created a, uh, such an unstable government that it was functionally a power vacuum. Okay. Yeah, well, what's his name, anyways? The guy who got beheaded. Like, it wasn't Napoleon that was... That was um, there was a Rubble? lot of them. Rubble? It was, like, Rubble something, I think. Oh, boy. Yeah, I, so should, like, sure. I should remember so, this. So the Bolsheviks were fighting for... for for what? For the people of Russia? Um, yeah, it was pretty much just the working class in Russia like rising up and trying to dismantle the government due to the mass amounts of poor working conditions, the abuse of the government upon uh, the people. So the fact that my family was of wealth was the reason that they slaughtered them. Um, well, yeah, that's pretty much it. And here's the thing, if your family did like if your family did treat the people of the working class with respect, then they shouldn't have killed them. But at the same time, they could have toppled you in with, they could have toppled your family in with all the other people who were in the um, higher sectors of society. 
because of the fact that you were a Walther, because they were assuming that everybody in wealth was evil. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I feel that's why I feel it's a dangerous ideology to uh, demonize the top one percent in America. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I still constantly demonize one percent. Also, give me one sec. I'm so sorry, guys. Where's Insync? I need to ask um, something. And what happened to the Discord as well? Do you guys see on the right side of the Discord that it's just all blank? Or is that just me? It's probably all you. I can see the names to everyone. Okay. I don't understand why that happened. Uh, do you guys have permissions to type, type in Tavern Text Chat? Or is that I can't actually see Tavern Text Chat. I think it's been deleted. Yeah, I'll whine at Achilles about it later, if you like. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, I, you can use any channel to, to like, post things, but... Yeah, no, but it's a bit annoying. It's nice. It yeah, it's nice to have a... Yeah, I don't think... It was, it was nice to have it, because... Yeah. I mean, if you're in the tavern, you're not necessarily debating, like, hardcore, so... Yeah, you don't want to post really something are. in the other channel. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to reconnect. Yeah, probably do that. You might even have to uh, like relaunch your Discord. Yeah, I'll actually just do that. I'll be right back. Welcome back. Yeah, it, it didn't even fix it, actually. Yeah, it might be a Discord problem. You might even have to reinstall it at some point. Oh, my God, no. Is reinstalling so hard? No, it's not. I'm just a lazy piece of shit. <sighs> I just love to. <laughs> I'm just a lazy piece. Fuck me. <laughs> I mean, I am truthful to myself. I, I guess. At the same time, so you said something there. So you, so you can argue that it, it's um, uh, bad to demonize the 1% or like it's dangerous. Perhaps, but I think it's also dangerous to um, just allow people to um, take actions without consequences or, yeah, al allow people to like not be accounted for, right? I, I agree with that. I just think uh, that's why I use the word demonize because I think it, it's a separate uh, it's separate from just allowing people to do whatever they want. Um, yeah. Like right now, there's a lot of people on both sides in America demonizing certain groups of people. I sure. It's a dangerous ideology to demonize any certain thing. Um, unless it's something like murder. If you want to demonize murder, I don't find that to be a bad thing. 
and murder in its exact like definition of taking a life without any reason or whatever whatever the exact definition would be. Not like defending, not killing in general. Sure, but that means that like these definitions vary from society society to society. Like um, when someone brought up castle doctrine before, um, I can't remember who that was. Was that you? Um, that was uh, if I could see the names, I would remember. But it was it's fine. But yeah, um, and I I actually had a discussion about that. Like as an example, we don't have castle doctrine in my in my uh, country, and we don't really have a we have it loosely, but it's a very limited equivalent. Uh, equivalents of um, what the American Castle Doctrine is, and we also have what's called reasonable force laws. Okay, and in reasonable force laws, that's kind of like in Florida, we have stand your ground, as in if somebody were to, uh, it's a little bit different. In Florida, if somebody runs up and starts attacking you physically, um, you're allowed to kill them. No, no, see, that's this is the point of reasonable force laws in Australia. Um, you you generally you're both discouraged, so it's not necessarily you're not allowed to, but you'd be highly discouraged. And yeah. in many cases, that if if someone came into your house and you shot them, um, you'd probably be prosecuted. I'm back. So sorry about that, guys. And see, it would be yeah. considered unreasonable force in Australia. See, and that's something I disagree with. It's also like that in Canada. I, I, well, yeah, you, and you wait, 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 uh, I'd, I'd rather not talk about the filthy leaves, but um, <laughs> the <what>? I'm just saying. <laughs> the, excuse yeah. me, the what? The filthy leaves, dude. The filthy leaves. <laughs> you, you know what? Okay, do you live in the United States? Do you think I do? But by, by, based yes. on my accent, no, I don't. Oh, you're oh, you're an Aussie. <laughs> ah, you got it. Wow, someone actually. Hey, um, so so how are the emus, by the way? How long until you guys start I'll, the second great emo, emu war? I'll respond to that when you learn how to pronounce the word. <laughs> Australia? No. no. Emu. It's not moo. It's not with two I said, O's. I said it's emu. emu. No. I said it's emu. emu. No, it's you moo. said it's emu, not emu. It's okay. emu. Okay, emu. No, emu. <laughs> <laughs> you little... Damn it. I wish you were in the United States right now. Why No, so that I could say we burned down your White House once, we'll do it again. Oh shit. Fun fact and, and okay. fun fact, a Canadian is the guy who killed the Red Baron. Who's the Red Baron? Damn, the most the most, the most infamous pilot in World War Two. A Canadian yeah. killed him and outkilled him. On I have to admit though, Leaf is the best slur. Bessler. Um but yeah, no, we were discussing Castle Doctrine and why in Australia um it's not as strongly held to and we have reasonable force laws where you can't just kill a person under the perceived under a perceived threat. Yeah. Same in Canada. Yeah, I, um I, and that is consistent across most of the Western world outside of America. <laughs> yeah, see that's something I just really disagree with, man. Well here's I feel the thing, like, like it could be the other way. You should be deterring people from breaking into people's houses. If people know that, hey, it's the law in this country that if I break into this house right here and they have a, a firearm or whatever else they have, they can just kill me. Do you think that they're more or less likely to break into the house than if they know the law in that country would protect their life if they broke into the house? Well, protect their uh, life, I, that's a key thing. In Canada, I can shoot somebody, I can shoot somebody in, the, 
in the arm, like possibly causing permanent damage to it, they can be sent to the ground. And they, and, you know, that's still legal. The only thing that isn't legal in Canada is killing somebody based in. Okay. Uh, based on... But have you ever been in a situation with firearms in your life being on the line? Yes. You have? Yes, I've been I, in a situation I have. where I've been. Now, now I wasn't been... on the receiving end of it, but I have been in that situation. I would know. Okay, there's, there's some stuff that was brought up that needs to be addressed. So, like, you made the claim that it will necessarily lower lower crime, which is incredibly difficult to demonstrate, by the way. Um, I mean, if and if we start looking at crime metrics, that's not something that is because one, we'd have to show correlation causation, right? And you're also arguing for a form of punitive. Puni what's called punitive justice and vigilantism, and yeah, not necessarily. No, not it, necessarily. It, it, no, 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 okay. Well, then how is it not punitive? Okay. Well, well, I'm not arguing the, the punitive part. I'm like vigilantes, vigilantes. Like, I'm, I don't think that you're encouraging vigilantes. Like the no, amount of loosely you are. You're let like if you're uh, allowing something to kill someone over a crime. Over a crime, but see, it's not that. It's not that broad. It's if someone breaks into your house, what do I have to go off of that that person is not a threat to my life or my family's life? How do I know that? And why is it on me? Why is it on me to figure that out? Well, like, okay, so you're not like. Can we you're agree? Not required. That you can like you're not required to figure out whether or not it's a threat to your life. Obviously, it's a threat to your life. But so long as you like, at least in Canada, I don't know anything about Australia. Well, I do know something about Australia, but so long as you do not kill a person, you can like you can even chop off their leg or something. But so long as you do not kill them, you're completely in the right. I mean, no, in and there are cases where you can kill them in self-defense, right? But you don't require absolute certainty if you have a reasonable degree that your life is under threat. However, mo the vast majority of people breaking and entering are not actually threatening your life, and you'd have to demonstrate that, that that was actually like a reasonable thing to do to actually kill them. It's it's not difficult to actually incapacitate people. Like, uh... and but also you're also speaking of a country, right? So you're also speaking of a country where you're assuming guns. Largely in Australia, mm -hmm. people breaking and entering won't have guns. Um, our gun crime is incredibly low. And their homeowner also will not have guns. So it's a situation where there's basically incredibly unlikely to be guns. Hmm. How likely is it that they have a Once knife? Once again, what's that? How likely is it that they have a knife? Or a I or a could look up the... I mean, they might have something, but the vast majority of breaking and entering, they actually aren't... Um, uh, aren't actually bringing weapons. Okay. Like, they're, they're just... I mean, there are cases of it, but yeah, there might be, like, some kind of makeshift club yeah, or something. Yeah. It does occur. Yeah. In, but... in the... In... It's like... And it's you like are if allowed I'm to defend water, yourself, but... Let's just... For an, an analogy here, right? So let's say I'm in the water, and I'm snorkeling, and I notice that there is a bull shark not every single time that divers are around bull sharks does the bull shark attack the diver and, and kill them. Uh, however, sometimes they do. So, would you say that if you stay in the water around a bull shark, knowing that there's a possibility for you to get bit, right, or killed, do you think that, like, your life insurance policy shouldn't go through because you... Uh, you you decided to stay around in a situation where this shark 
could kill you and you stayed there anyway? Or I like don't you, understand the the so I don't like, understand the relationship. If you know question. that if you're saying that it's highly unlikely, that does not mean impossible. Therefore, no, but, like how do you how in that moment can you make the decision? Like how do you make the distinction between the two? But well, as I said, we don't I, I said like can you agree that we do not require absolute certainty? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I agree that we do not require absolute certainty. Okay, so yes. as long as a person can demonstrate that they had a reasonable reason to take the action they had in Australia, they're quite protected. We have self-defense laws, like right? But okay. there are lots of cases, in, there have been cases in which a person has been, like people have gone far past what they have been, has been necessary to do to either defend themselves or incapacitate the person. Okay. Yeah. Do you understand that? Yes. I also like so. So like if, if, if you if you've disabled a person and then you sit there and fucking break his fucking knees after he's already like after he's already on the ground, right? Like, <laughs> at what point have you crossed the line? At what point do you like? But also, um, I, I guess like with the gun thing, and we don't have guns, right? It's it's a matter of um, like in a sense, you're acting as a both like a jury and like an executioner yeah. in that sense, right? Judge, yeah. jury, executioner, and that's why I would invoke that it is basically Back. punitive justice or a form of vigilantism. Okay. Um, I guess in that regard, I can say that it is some form of it. However, I don't think it encourages like people to become vigilantes. Like this is okay. Sorry, so, like, in no, America, so not external in America, vigilantes, but yeah, yeah not in, external, but in vigilantism or vigilantism, however you said mm -hmm. it, like the, the extension of the word. Um, yeah, I can agree that in some forms it, it encourages that. However, I don't I don't think that it necessarily makes that bad. Now, here's something. In America, if somebody breaks into your house and you incapacitate them and then you torture them, you'll go to jail. You know that, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, okay. So the thing is in America... It's, it's, it's honestly pretty much the same here. The only difference is that it is up to, it's up to, um, it's not up to the person who defended themselves to prove that they needed a reason to defend themselves. Like, uh, it's up to the court to prove that they didn't need a reason to defend themselves. And that's where I agree with it being like that instead of the other way around. Well, like, the point is it's that you don't have to necessarily, like, I mean, that's the point, right? So, um, you can have a reasonable reason to defend yourself, but then to what degree of force you use is, is a different yeah. question. So, if, if someone is literally has no weapon and you pull out a gun and shoot them, yeah. in Australia, that would can be considered unreasonable force if, okay. if, you, if you shoot with intent to kill. Okay. Well, how do you prove that somebody shoots with intent to kill? I guess like, that that's a matter of the courts. Like I can I can link you the relevant Australian law, but I I just know that that is what it is. I don't I don't work in the field myself. Yeah. I, I know that's like, and I understand that you disagree. Like I've, I've run into this a lot. Like you guy, like you don't want to accept it. However, I'm sure you can largely agree that it it is a matter of fact that it, this is the largely accepted position across many many other Western countries, right? Uh, yeah, I can I can agree to that. That's true. And there's 
So, and like if, if we want to equivocate, kind of loosely equivocate, uh, like societal morality and law, the, I like, I guess like this is where like I'm a bit of a subjectivist here, but I don't think like, I don't think it's necessary. It's not, the American system I wouldn't want, just like you wouldn't want my system, right? Does yeah. that make our, either of our systems objectively better? Or does it, does no, it mean our I system is system set up for our society? That's what I think. Yes, that's what I think. I, yeah, and so I wouldn't argue that you shouldn't have your system, but like, like I know that Australia is quite unique, where we have incredibly strong customs, and we were able to um remove guns from our society and keep them out. We don't have to deal with the kind of um smuggling that you have to. We we, yeah, we have such tight control UK. of it. What's yeah. that? Now does the UK? Yeah, no, and so these other countries, which have inc- much stronger border controls and much stronger other things are able to do different policies as a result. Yeah. Um, so you could argue under ideal conditions, different policies are better, but under different, like, so it depends on the conditions of the of the individual state you're talking about, or, sorry, like individual country. Yeah. Um, so when you said that the UK doesn't have to deal with, like, gun smuggling, well, that's not necessarily true. That's right. You Australia know. has to deal with it as well, but it's yeah, just very minimal. Yeah, every country has to. But yeah, I'd say it's definitely harder to smuggle guns into Australia than the UK, though. Well, the main thing is, like, UK, it's a maritime province, right? Well, mar- mm-hmm. maritime states, sorry, not province. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't have connection to land, and so it's, it is a lot easier because of the position of the harbors and everything to like look at goods coming because you don't have to worry about like positioning guards everywhere. You just have to worry about, you know, like where are the harbors? Where can we position people in order to look at these things? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a lot easier for island nations to look over what's coming into their country than it is for uh bordered countries. Yeah. yeah. But the main con- point of contention is that if Ireland decides to have really open borders, then what's going to happen at the UK border? Because they could be getting into Northern Ireland, which is part of the United Kingdom. Now, that yes. is a point of contention I will agree with. Yeah, that's also some yeah. reason why I agree with Brexit. <laughs> because in an, in, in, in an instance like that, uh, if Ireland just decided to have open borders... Um, and then people just started trafficking guns in Ireland and became a cesspool but, of crime. Okay, but there, but there are, is it, why is okay, it? But there, okay, but there are very historical reasons as to why that exists. Hey, hell, historical reasons that were there since my mother was born. She was like 40. Well, so you don't think that each of those countries should have the individual right to like close their borders from the rest. Well, I think of it. well, I think that the, each of those countries have individual rights to close their borders. But the problem is, both individual countries have had separate agreements on that Irish UK border. Like right now, it, the Irish UK border, um, like if you're a, if you're a member of Ireland, you can just cross the border no matter what, and that's because of very political reasons. If it wasn't for that, then the Irish nationalists would be would be you know rejoicing because oh Ireland has its nationality now. But the people who f- still feel loyal to UK while still feeling loyal to Ireland, they would feel absolutely betrayed, and there, and there would be riots in the streets over something there's, like this. Like, there, there, like there's a lot of history behind what goes on with the UK Ireland border that a lot of people don't know. So, just to speak more broadly to that, like you said something about um, how they 
how countries can so you could argue that the country has a right to close its border but one maybe but that isn't necessarily an intelligent thing to do when you're operating with do you know what i mean like actions have consequences right yes so Mm -hmm. england could do that but at what cost okay well like i was saying if if ireland became a a a hub of crime and people were smuggling guns and creating guns i mean you have to think about this too as we go into the future i mean you guys know that you could easily just make your own gun like you just need materials and like tools yeah i know but this is also like cultural differences right so just because things are accessible doesn't mean we choose this is one of my problems with guns right i don't mind guns technically Mm-hmm. I have a problem with the American idea of guns. What do you think um, the American idea of guns is? They don't treat them as tools. They treat them as a fetish, uh, like as a culture and almost as like a fetishization thing. Yes. I would say that's completely false. That's false. That's, ha- that's, how, that's how it appears. For to the generalized world. 320 and million it people. It appears like that because that's how it's told to the rest of the world. One, I did. Did I not? I, I didn't actually generalize all of America. I I was speaking to America and the gun culture specifically within America, not all yeah. Americans. You said the American view of guns, yeah. the American gun culture. That implies all yeah, of so, America. Yeah. So yeah. No. No, it I, doesn't imply I, all of America. It no, implies it not people who are part America. of that gun culture. The, the, wait, wait, plus, wait, wait, I've just re- I've just I've just added nuance to the statement. So like, yeah. what you've That's actually like, said. Yeah. Was an like that's like that's like it isn't even like I'm not gonna drill down on that. I'm not gonna drill down. I'm just gonna, in good faith, like take his, like what he said. Yeah, like I'm not saying all Americans have this view, right? Yeah, but what I'm what I'm proposing to you, my belief is, and from from my personal experience of living in America, I'm someone who owns guns. Uh, I'm which is fine. Yeah, my family's always owned guns. Um, and I've always been around people that own guns. Everyone I've, almost everyone I've ever been around in my whole life has owned guns. Now, I have never really been under the impression that that we tr- that we treat them anything other than a tool. Um, my impression has always been that they are a tool to protect your life. They, uh, if the electricity fails across the country and we need to hunt, we have the tools for that. Not only that, but if you choose to hunt for your food, like my family does. We don't hunt for all of our food. However, we have stockpiles of meat that we use for, you know, family events. We make spaghetti and we use deer meat. Uh, We have meat like ready to go frozen. Like if anything would ever happen and all of us were to become broke or one part of our family just cannot afford food, we will always have food. Okay, I I can understand these things, but I, I guess my point is like when I, and this might be like, I think this is largely a foreign perception of America. And what I am speaking of is a perception. Yeah. Um, where like I, I don't know, I speak to people online, right? Or I'm talking, speaking on like my main server and stuff, and he's just telling me he's got seventy guns. They need to, and he has an armory and a room of different guns. And then someone came out and, and they sat there and talked about the different variations, and they they have a encyclopedic knowledge on guns. Yeah. And to us, that seems like a fetishization of the guns themselves. Uh, okay. Well, I, I can agree, but like, so when you speak of it that way, so like, why would they have this, right? 
is it because of the ability that these guns have to be a tool in various situations that they even grew this uh, fetish of guns in the first place? You know what I'm saying? Because it had to come from somewhere. Do you think it's meaningless that they have this uh, this this ideal about guns, this uh, fetish about them, this like you know what i mean like i i don't i mean i don't think it's meaningless i think it came from somewhere i think it it's rooted in your culture and history right um yeah but i think it's very unique to i, I think it's largely unique to america i mean you can probably find some other cultures around the world that are similar in but i think it's america has the largest representation of this culture and you, yes. you could also equivocate it to just being obsessed with anything right it's like being obsessed with cars and like yeah. car collectors or being obsessed with i don't know, like fucking pokemon cards or yeah. some shit but with guns um i guess the rest of us us uh, us filthy uh, foreigners we we immediately have a sense of unease about it because we yeah, grew up I, in societies where no too. one has guns or you it's oh. it's intensely uh, only, okay, only, so so maybe not no one, but like guns. what? In in a society like that, only the worst people are going to have the guns. Well, I I disagree, but like so, so I do know people with guns, <laughs> right? But I, I know like two people in my entire life with guns. Okay, well, how about in no, like, three? How about in like uh, Sweden, where they make rap videos and they have gangs there that have. Have AK have no guns. Yeah, and, but yet they're supposed to. Have I, no I can't guns. speak to Sweden. I'm. Well, there's like, also I, London. I don't know there's what the also Swedish... London. In the UK, guns are banned, and in London, I mean, there, it's like there's many street gangs with fully automatic Uzis and everything else. I mean, they're shooting. They shoot police officers. Uh, sure, I mean it does happen, but I would ask him like, to what degree does this happen? And. I mean, we like how much like we can look at gun crime, right? Like we actually need to look at metrics yeah. to make start well, making claims about this. This is my thing. When we look at metrics about this, so oh, I feel like a lot of people want to make the claim that doing something to reduce gun crime is going to reduce overall. Okay, I'm sorry, gun homicide is going to reduce overall homicide, and I would say that it doesn't, and there are metrics to represent this. Uh, and I, I feel as if... I don't feel like someone who got killed by a dude with a knife and somebody who got killed by a dude with a gun, I don't feel that they are any different. They are still someone who was murdered. As, as I, I'll, I'll reference the legal discussion earlier. Different countries have different solutions. I wouldn't actually advocate for taking guns out of America. And in fact, with dealing with gun issues, I see it as a cultural systemic problem, society problem, as opposed to just take takes their guns away or my guns. Yeah. I don't think that is but, a but healthy you know. way to control, like to deal with guns, right? Like there are no, countries have... with high degrees of gun ownership that don't have the same gun crime. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, the thing is with gun crime in America, it's like mm -hmm. it's not carried out by people who uh, go hunting on the weekends and they went to Walmart and they bought their hunting rifle and they have a 1911 to protect themselves in their truck. Those aren't the people who carry out gun crimes. People who carry out gun crimes are uh, sick individuals. Uh, a lot of times people that carry out mass killings have been under psychiatric evaluation before they even purchase these guns. 
sometimes the guns have been purchased illegally. Um, I feel like I, I feel like we have laws in place to stop a lot of these things from happening, but but people just slip through the cracks because oh, okay, you sure, but that well but that suggests one. I think that the people committing mass shootings are a minority of actual gun crime. But that oh, being said, are. my my point more is that um. If people are slipping through the cracks, that is showing um, a societal failure. Yeah. And uh, and a systemic problem. Yeah, it's definitely a systemic problem. It's and I, I would seek to address those things and what's causing that. Um, an example, I think, is um, like uh, the Danish. I think it was the Danish, the Dutch. I can't remember. I can't remember if it was Don't the they, the they also have they they have guns, right? They have a lot. No, no. What I'm saying, but what I was going to reference there is, they in the 70s or 80s they instituted things like um, like uh, like child mental health programs in their schools, and they like their schools have like half a dozen psychologists in them, and they but they basically seek to prevent the problems before they occurred, right? They basically <laughs> seek to raise the mental health of their population, and they are now downsizing their prisons. True. Um, and on that, um, so one of the uh, parents of Sandy Hook has uh, worked with, I guess, the FBI or some 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 form of law in the country that to do a program to like basically mm -hmm. do exactly what you're saying. You know, try to stop the problem before it happens through identification of like mental health issues. And they, uh, he's actually Donald Trump like invited him to talk to him, like to sh to show him. Because um, he's actually they've actually proven that they already stopped like I don't remember how many mass shootings. It's a few, but I mean one mass shooting is enough if something will yeah, stop yeah. it. You know, um, so I think that is something that's being discussed and something that is actually. I mean, the president himself yeah. wanted to speak to this man. So, but I that's just one it. thing. Like, there's socioeconomic problems. There's like mental health problems. There's okay, cultural. But the social, the social economic problem. This is my problem with that. See, I'm a hip-hop head. I'm a hip-hop nerd. I've always loved hip-hop. I listen to every type of hip-hop. I understand the struggles. Like, I, I come from a unique situation, right? So I'm from the South, but I also live in Florida. So there's, like, a multitude of different people here. While My there is a lot of, by the way. Yeah, I know. It does suck. It's Florida, whatever. It's a big meme state. But um, the thing is here, there's a lot of different people. You have the very southern white people, and then you have southern black people, and then you have like the inner city black people, and then you have like the hardcore like mm -hmm. Mexicans. They won't even speak English. They think it's like bad for their culture to even speak it. They make fun of white people. Then you have like the other Mexicans who are like more uh, middle class and they intermingle with everybody. And then you, it's just like a melting pot. And then there's also segregation. It's a really weird fucking thing that's very difficult to explain. But. Um, so as, as far as what I'm trying to get at is from my like experiences with a lot of these people and also being like very versed on hip hop and hip hop culture, which is, it does stem from the black culture. Uh, you've got a lot of these young black kids growing up in homes with only one parent. Single parenthood is almost incentivized in, uh, inner cities and in broken towns, you know, it, it's, in, it's it's basically incentivized. Like yeah, this is what I was speaking to yeah. in terms of um so, like systemic problems. There are so many problems that are contributing to this, and you can't just like you can't just put one thing like that'll fix the gun problem. Well, it, no, it needs, but, it needs to be systemic. It need it needs to be systemic um systemically addressed. 
It does, but also I think it needs to be culturally addressed. And in, in this sense, yeah, well, I, I think that's the in same the hood, kind of thing. In the, in the hood, you know, it, it's it's a thing of like pride to say that you killed somebody. Like, you know that, right? It's a shame. It is a shame. It's fucked up. And and it's something that I just I don't understand why it doesn't get talked about enough. Like people bring it up, they touch on it, but no one ever really goes into it. And the, the, and and what I want to see is I want to see more people from the black community really touching on this and like getting a public uh, platform to spread this too. It's like the, the the incentive to like commit crime to another human being, but like it's even more to do black on black crime. Like I mean, these people are going around. Some of these people, like in Chicago, have already killed like five people of the rival gang and bragged about it on social media every time they yeah, do it. Yeah, it's very. Yeah, it's just so fucked. And then, like, Definitely. it's like I want, I want that to just stop, dude. I really want it to stop, and I think it is a cultural problem. Like hip hop, while I love it, I also hate it. So like I can listen to hip hop and like listen to it and I can get into that mood and whatever and but then I can also have like the sense of self to be like I'm an independent mind and while I like this song and I like putting myself in that mindset for a while I'm not actually going to go fucking do an armed robbery on somebody and fucking kill them and then brag about it. Now in my in my past I I may have done some of those fucking things. Not murder, but I may have done some of those things. And, and, you know, I always feel bad about that. And I, I really like, you know, I regret a lot of the things and decisions that I made. But I will say that the hip hop culture and the culture it's, it's surrounding it definitely influenced me greatly to do these bad things. And like while now I'm older and I can listen to it and it doesn't have that same effect on me. Uh, I feel like for the kids, it, it's, it basically brainwashes them. And I, I want to see like some responsibility from some of these artists. They say like, "Oh, it's not my responsibility. I'm just expressing myself." But it's like how you express it. You can talk about the violence where you come from. You can talk about the bad things you've done and 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 and, and the, the bad things you've seen around you. But when you talk about it in a way that you glorify it, and then you've got a young black male who's got no one to look up to and hip-hop is the cool thing and everyone in school's talking about the newest hip-hop song and that song comes out and it glorifies something like that it's going to get into that kid's head it's going to change the perception of the world I, anyway needs to be sorry clear. i'm gonna have to i have to disappear for a bit to deal with the real life stuff i'll be probably back in five ten minutes it's all good, it's all good.